No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. The Welcome Herons to episode number 30 of And it's a celebration. Heron. I don't know. Oh, what a fail. Oof. Welcome to episode number 30 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am about a defective fucking firework, man. Along Fuck. with my uh my co-host Boom. here, Chris Duran. There you go, Chris Duran. Too soon? Oh, what a, that, was that, that too was soon? Rough. That was rough to watch. I'm not going to lie. That was rough. I think we might have had some people just turn the TV off. I'm going to have to. Um, look how are you doing, Chris? We got a special guest. But before we get to our Chris, I want to see how you were doing, Chris. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, if I wish I had a, a better sparkler thing, get out of here. <laughs> that was that was rough to watch. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> all right. So we have a special guest with us. We have Mr. Daniel Solana. Uh, it's everybody's favorite twitter follow even though everybody likes to argue with you just about everything you have to say me included so how are you sir thank you for joining us by the way absolutely absolutely and thank you for having me and i just want to start off actually by saying that uh, i'm sponsored tonight by mustard just in case anybody wondered so i'm sponsored tonight <laughs> by mustard so uh, uh i saw something about mustard and and your your hot takes with with mustard but i, I didn't get the full story behind that yeah, yeah. I guess you'll uh, you'll have to go back into my tweets and see it. So I just wanted to let everybody know that that's that was my sponsor for tonight. But uh, but yeah, thanks for having me, guys. You know, it's a uh, it's been a long time coming. A lot of banter back and forth between the three of us, and uh, uh, I've been looking forward to this. So I'm I'm happy to be here. And uh, yeah, I mean, we we get it. Also, uh, last week we appreciate people watching, and uh, you know, I, I love the constructive criticism. I had somebody comment on one of our videos that that they appreciated the show but our takes were a bit novice so thank you we're going to continue giving out those novice takes and uh move forward but thank you for watching uh so before we get started we had some big news that more or less started surfacing on twitter about i want to say like half an hour ago or so uh it was official they gave a date for the mel reese golf course they have to they have to evacuate or i'm sorry they have to leave the premises and close down. I think it was by March 19th, was it? Uh, I believe it's the 25th is the last day that, the they, that they have operations. Yeah, March 25th. I know that because so, I, I got a tea time on March 11th. Ooh, oh, nice. there you go. Because all right, So this is from the Miami Herald. Uh, in, in quotes, please be advised that effective March 19th, 2023, okay. the Luca Enterprise Incorporated will need to vacate the premises. So uh, they have to vacate by, according to Miami Herald, March 19th, which means that we might be breaking ground soon. So uh, that's exciting news. Uh, and I mean, in a week full of news, and we're going to get into all that and a lot more. But I wanted to see, what do you think about that, Chris? We finally got our, our date on when we might, or at least a step closer to us breaking ground. Listen, we're a step closer to going into Dade County. So I'm super stoked for that. It's a less of a drive for me, even though I enjoy driving to Broward County every now and then. But you know, the closer to me, the better. So let's keep in Miami, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And Solana, you said that you weren't going to get season tickets until they moved to Miami. So you considering the season tickets now? 100%. I said the, the day that they that they moved to Miami, that they have a stadium in Miami-Dade, I would get season tickets. So that day, I'll be the first one in line. Do you ever get – do you ever go to any games? Uh, I've actually only been to one game, the game at FIU. So I've stuck to I've stuck to my uh, my word from the beginning. I said I wouldn't go to a game, 
until they came to Miami. And up until now, I have not gone to a game. Only I'm the game against, against Miami FC. Yep. That surprises me, man. Because, look, as much crap as people give you, like you're, you, you support the team, you know, in your own way, but you support them, right? And so I've, I thought that you'd be out there, but I mean, hey, you got to stick to your guns. I respect that. I, respect I've, that. I've well, watched, I mean, I've watched every single game uh, from, from either my couch or from my IPTV, wherever I've been, you know, around the world. Uh, so I have watched every, every single game. So just, I refuse to go to the stadium until they are in my From Uruguay. I, I did watch from Uruguay when I was over there. Listen, uh, and I think and I think Steve agrees with you. No one likes to drive to Broward, right? No, 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 no. I, I wouldn't even go to drive to Broward, not even to see Diego Alonso when he was there. So, I mean, come on. But you, you, know, know, you hate you're, the you're, way he's coaching the, the national team. Well, we're not going to get into Uruguay soccer right now, but but we might get into it a little later. Uh, Steve Munoz says that April 1st is the tentative date to break ground. I have no idea where you got that. I hope that you are correct on that because that brings it – it, it makes kind of the dream almost seem like a like a a reality. We're finally going to get that stadium, and I, and I couldn't be more excited because those one-hour drives are brutal. Um, it is. So just before we get off this topic real quick, you said that you haven't gone to any games. So hypothetically, if we were to make, let's say, a final and play at home, you wouldn't go to the final? No. No, okay. that's, no. Amanda, that's Amanda sticks to his guns. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, so – a lot of people know who you are because they know your hot takes on um, on Twitter. But I kind of wanted to get a, a little bit of a backstory because everybody kind of wonders. You talk, obviously, a lot about tactics and your knowledge of the game. You question other people's knowledge of the game. So they're kind of curious, what is your background in soccer? Because a lot of people are kind of curious as to why you feel so confident in your takes. Uh, so, I mean, I played the game for 34 years. Um, from How old are you? Driver's- 37 years old. Okay. Uh, so, so since I was three years old, I played the game, uh, you know, all through traveling, uh, all Miami Dade County, you know, we were traveling, uh, we went to tournaments all the way, um, in Texas, Colorado, the Philly cup. Um, and then I actually played in college. So I had a scholarship four years in college at a, a small school called Avila university. Um, so I mean, I I played at the at the you know in in with the big players. I played at the at the high you know the high ranks of uh, of soccer. I've played against uh, these players who you see in the in the uh, MLS today. Fafa Picult, uh, he was a Sunday league player. He used to play against me, you know, back here. Um, who was uh, Josie Altador? Josie Altador played up north in uh, in Weston. We played against him in, uh, when he played in Weston. So I've played against some of these players who played in the national team and who have played in the pros. So I mean. When I say that, you know, I, I, I have some some knowledge. I mean, I'm I'm not lying. Some of my takes might right. be a, li- a little too negative. Uh, right. I do agree there, but um, but there is some substance where it comes from. And that's good because you're the Skip Bayless of Inner Miami fandom, <laughs> but then you have some experience along to go with it. So, like, that's actually pretty cool. I mean, that's that's uh, those kind of experiences you can't take from somebody else. So, you know, I, I definitely think that that's incredible that you have that along with your opinionated takes. Right, right, right. Again, it goes hand in hand. I mean, you've, you've, you play, you play so, so many years, you coach so many years. Um, you, I was even a referee at, you know, at one point in my life. So you, you see so many different aspects of the game and you're a part of it and you create your own uh, kind of opinion. So, and I, and like you said, I stick to my guns. So 
Now, we're going to get into the more in depth on the actual Inter-Miami team, right? Because I want to talk about what's going on right now, the season coming up. But I kind of wanted to get some, some housekeeping out of the way. Everybody seems to think you have an obsession with Uru, the Uruguay League and the Uruguay players only, right? When we talk about, you know, players that we should get right away, we know that you're going to bring up three or four Uruguayan players. Do you think that that's really like the way to go for into Miami? Because I'm not saying that, that we shouldn't scout South America, but I feel like you're really focused in on Uruguay. But I feel like there's other places we can get players from also. And also, you, you, you are a little negative with the, with, the, with the pickups whenever we pick somebody up. And I feel like it's almost like unfair because you might not have seen them yet, but you're kind of judging them already. Diego Godin. Uh, I mean, I wish we could bring him, but uh, but I, but I will tell you. I mean, do, do I uh, do I go back to the Uruguayan league a lot? Absolutely, it's it's probably the league that I watch the most uh, out of any league in the world. So obviously, I'm going to go back to that. But uh, to get back to your original question, um, you know, I, I I do think, and I actually mentioned it uh, uh, last night on Twitter. Um, I do think that Inter Miami does lack. Um, a strong foundation of scouting in South America. And you can see that with the players that we've brought in from South America. Who have we brought in? Uh, Emerson Rodriguez. Has he worked out? Absolutely not. Uh, and, and we actually just sent him on loan. I know we, you know, we, we might, we were going to talk about that later. Yeah. We just sent him on loan to, to Santos Laguna. So that's already a, 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 a you know, a, a point that it didn't work out. You know, we brought Gene Mota from South America and, and just to say, you know, just to, to, to go back to that, how you were saying, you know, you don't watch some of these players. Well, you know, I went to the message board of, of Santos uh, right when mm -hmm. I heard of it. I read, you know, about him. I read his his biography, uh, you know, online, every, everything that I could say. And when I, you know, gave my takes about what I thought he was going to be, it was exactly what he was. He was way overhyped up to, to you know, what everybody thought he was going to be. Everybody thought he was going to be, you know, this 10 who was going to give passes to our forwards and Iwain was going to score 35 goals. And I mean, he was just a regular Brazilian guy that just couldn't hack it for Santos anymore. And we just picked him up for the cheap. So I, I, I get that a lot of our South American players haven't panned out, but, and, and maybe that, that is part of scouting, right? Because you want them to, to scout and bring in the, the right players. But when we picked up Pellegrini, he was one of the top players in South America at the time that we got him. Julian Carranza was also one of the top players and he finally panned out in Philly this year. Um, Emerson Rodriguez was one of the top Colombians available last year. So I, I feel like we've been scouting. We've been scouting South America. Yeah, maybe we haven't gotten the right people, but I wouldn't say that we haven't scouted South America. Yeah, they could probably do a better job because they haven't landed. But Campana did a pretty good job once he got here. Now, I know that he was part of, of, of the Wolves over there in, in the EPL. But, I mean, he comes from Ecuador. I think he did a pretty good job. Like, I, think, I think you're a little hard on the team sometimes because they're going. Like you said, a lot of them haven't panned out. But I think Campana did, and I think that I'm not as down on Mota as you are. I'm not a Mota fan. If they were to if, if they were to sell him, I wouldn't cry. I'm more of a Gregory guy than Mota, but I don't think Mota is as bad as um, some people might say, or or maybe you don't like. And and I'll tell you one thing. Just talking about Emerson, and I'm a huge Emerson fan, but I don't think that I don't think that he was put into the team to make an immediate impact. I feel like he was kind of like a, like a project, you know, and it just so happened that unfortunately by the middle of the season, we ended up acquiring Pozuelo, which helped us more towards the middle of the field, which would limit Emerson and his impact on the team. So like now we're at a point where, 
I mean, I'd love to see Emerson get more minutes and sort of, I guess, build on his, I, I, I guess, you know, try to get more confidence or whatnot. But it seems like it's a fair move to move him so he can be able to get that confidence elsewhere because he's not going to see any minutes here, right? Well, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Solano. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, I doubt he's going to get any minutes with, uh, you know, with the players that we have. I mean, we, with Ariel Lasseter and, and well, we'll see what happens with Robbie Robinson now. Um, and probably with, with the new formation that we're going to play, which is probably going to look like a two-forward formation uh, with maybe Ste- uh, the new Argentinian Stefanini and, uh, and Campana up top, uh, or, or possibly even Joseph Martinez and, and Campana up top. We'll see, and, and hopefully we get Pozuelo back there. I mean, that's, that's the lineup that I would like to see uh starting night opening day starting night whatever you want to call it a, a lot of people in the comment sections are reminding us that uh i mean the sanctions are another reason why we've kind of gone like, for example like you said we got mota for the cheap but i mean we also are under sanctions for two seasons so that's another reason why we can't get some of these big names in south america for example there's just this kid daniel ruiz the best player in colombia right now probably and i would love to bring him over here but I mean, there's Barcelona that's looking into him. Like those are those players are going to jump either to Argentina or to Europe. Like the chances of him, them coming to MLS are, are slim to none. So I'm, I'm going to name you. I'm going to name you four guys, and I'm going to I'm going to you know revert back to my Uruguayan league. But I'm going to name you four guys who are right. un, under a million dollars, and okay. all all four guys are better than anything we have from the middle to the front. One guy, Alfonso Tresa. He's kind of like a right wing, right midfielder. He plays for Nacional. His uh, market value is five hundred twenty-five thousand. Renzo Sanchez. Is Nacional your is Nacional your favorite team in Uruguay? Yes, but that's not the only okay. team I watch. I watch Peñarol. I watch no, Lira no, Play, I know. I watch that, that's fine. I was just, I was just, I was just yes, curious yes. Who, who your favorite team is because they aren't they one of the better teams in in the in the league. The one of the more popular teams in the league. Yes. Yeah, it's it's usually between Nacional and Peñarol are the two top teams yeah. in the league. Okay. Uh-huh. So. Uh, this guy, Alfonso Teresa, he's 22 years old. He's worth $525,000. Uh, another kid, he's playing in the under-20 tournament, Lenzo Sanchez, 17 years old. He's a right winger. He scored a really nice goal yesterday, yesterday set up a couple the other day. He's worth $50,000. You're, when... you're telling me you couldn't bring this kid? Another kid, Alam Alamadina, he's 24 years old. He's a right midfielder, plays for Liverpool in Uruguay. He's worth a million dollars. You're telling me we can't bring this kid? And I've seen these kids. They're better than anything we've got. So... My own, to me, my I just thing don't that, think we're scouting the right the, the right leagues. I I I I get where you're coming from. My only thing is that we don't know if these kids will pan out in the MLS because I, everybody thought Pellegrini would pan out. That's why we gave him a DP spot. He was like, I think he might have been our very first DP ever, and sure. he didn't pan out. But you would figure that he would, but he just didn't try. So I'm I'm not saying that that you're wrong on these players. Maybe they are, they would be good, but there's no guarantee because a lot of these players don't tra- don't just. They don't adjust well to the MLS. Right, but the guys so, that I'm talking about are worth 500000 200000 You know, we gave Pellegrini $10 million. So, so yeah, no, yeah, the, I know. The, I know. You know, the, but, the, 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 the difference that we're talking I'm, I'm talking about guys who I've seen, who I know are kind of secondary or even on third market guys that could put in something, you know, and, and, and it's not just Uruguayan players. You know, I've got other guys that I've got a list of players that are playing in the under 20. Uh, well, a South American Cup that are from Ecuador, that are from Brazil, that are from Argentina, that are you know less than a million dollars, all of them, and you know I don't know why, what we're doing not scouting there. 
But now, and I, I think I know the, 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 the trend that you're taking in terms of the players that you're looking at, right? Like who is going to give me more bang for my buck, right? Like who can I pay less for and get more value out of? Now, I imagine that all around the world, I mean, I could, I could take a look at a, a list of players and say, well, these people don't make, you know, they're not going to cost me as much. So the value that I'll be getting in return for them is going to be great. But at the same time, like, I mean, you're you're legit taking a flyer on, on just about any player, regardless of where they're ranked at the moment. It's like but, what, but it's like it what Danny same, said. Isn't it the same as taking as, as picking up Robert Taylor from Finland last year or picking up Stefanini from the Swedish League this year or picking up Coco Jean, who nobody had ever heard about last year from France in the middle? I mean, it's the same thing, but we're but these guys I, that, I think- that, that we're picking up are older guys when we could be picking up younger guys and, you know, bringing them up and then selling them and making a profit. That's what Atlanta has done. And they've done a great job doing it. Yes. Yeah. No, Atlanta has done that. And look at Austin. Look at Austin. Austin is, is just the plan that they've put together is unbelievable. The 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 only thing is I feel like there's some leagues that have kind of almost like bridges already made. For example, if you're American, you end up in Germany, for example, If, if you're in Uruguay, you usually end up in Argentina or you go straight to Europe if you're good enough. Like, I, I haven't seen too much. Like, I know, of, was it Facundo? Came to Orlando. Yes. Which must, yeah. have, killed you. It must have killed you. But outside of that, n- not many top Uruguayan players come to the MLS. They usually jump to Argentina or they jump to Europe. And I, I feel like there's certain bridges that, that, are, that are made for leagues. And we don't have that bridge to Uruguay right now. It, I mean, I think it would be great to have a bridge to all of South America because I think MLS should be that bridge from South America to Europe. Right, right here. I could be that guy, that bridge to Uruguay right here. I mean, hey, hinter Miami. I'm right here, man. I could be that bridge to, <laughs> Listen, to Uruguay. You know I'm, what I'm I letting think, it out there. You know what I think you're there trying you to do here, Solana, is I think you're <laughs> trying to get some free uh, flyer miles out to Uruguay whenever you want, just so you can be able to go out there and scout and vacation at the same time with friends and family. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong about getting a few asylums while you're out there. <laughs> I agree with that. Well, look, you got a couple of positives here. Look, Solana is a better looking guy than anticipated. <laughs> nice. Hey, I appreciate that. There you go. Yeah, I'll let my, I'll let, see, the beard is working for you, brother. I'll let, I'll let my wife know. Man. I'll let my wife know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, I'm sure we're going to keep talking some uh, some more Uruguayan South American soccer as we move on. But something that just, I mean, it was the talk of the week. And I feel like it's it's been like four or five days. And I don't want to talk about it too much because I feel like it's almost been so oversaturated over talk, talked about a little too much. But I think we would be tone deaf to not bring it up at all. And it's the story of Saturday, right? And it wasn't Joseph Martinez being introduced to the fans. It ended up being the fireworks in the stands and then in the parking lot. Um. I guess before I give my take, I'll, I'll, I'll go over to Solana because I know that you were really adamant that you were <laughs> pro everything that happened. So I kind of want to hear your take on everything that happened. And then Chris and I, I guess, Joe jump in also. So what yeah, did absolutely. you think about the whole fireworks show? So, I mean, for, first and foremost, I mean, I, I don't condone, you know, anybody to get hurt. I don't condone any violence in the stadium or anything like that. So first and foremost, you know, everything. Nice disclaimer. Everything, you know, I want everything to be safe. Absolutely. Of course. Now, now that we got through that, um, do I believe there was something wrong? I've watched a bunch of videos. Um, I saw most of the fireworks were like kind of Roman candles. 
We see this all around South America. I know that I've got the tweets back. This isn't South America. You know, okay, yeah, what well, are we trying to be better? Are we trying to be snobbish? Like, look, soccer is 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 fun. El fútbol es un deporte de que hay que divertirse. And if you don't have mm -hmm. fun in the stands, then you know what you know what are you going to do? So the, my take on it is uh I back the fans. Um, I think this was unfortunately uh, something that the team kind of dropped on. I think it's something that the team should have worked in accordance with the fans and they could have done something really, really good. And that's usually what uh, teams around the world do. You know, the first game back when their team comes back and you want to welcome them back is you do some big firework display or whatever. I heard there was uh, something similar in the week, the, the game the week before between me, and something your plate that there was some fireworks there as well. So I guess, That might have been where some of the fans got well, the idea. But and but actually, again, let, let, let me let me pause you just a second because Chris found this video. Uh, I believe it was from the week before, right, Chris? Yeah, this was, from, was from the, the Millonarios and stand. the River Plate game. Mm -hmm. So that's basically no. that's basically the footage of not, not only people just firing fireworks, but literally a guy playing Call of Duty, sniping people, quick scope from the stands. Like that is insane. So uh, Chris brought that up because we, when I first heard about this, obviously everybody started bringing up the airport thing and all that other stuff, and I get that. But then I heard that the Millonarios thing happened the week before. And then the first thing I was interested in is, did they get any repercussions? Now, my understanding is that they did have some people kicked out of the game. Um, but I haven't heard about any arrests. Now, I haven't heard about any arrests for Inter-Miami either. So I, I feel like a lot of this stuff is still unknown. So, Chris, what did you think before I, I get on to, to my diatribe of what I was going to say? Well, One thing I do want to mention is their fireworks worked better than mine. I mean, come on, about <laughs> my stuff at Party City. Look, I'll give, I'll give. Look, they're really passionate. They're fans that are very passionate. They want to do things differently. They want to sort of lift the vibe, and so I completely respect that. The only thing that I see that was an issue in this sense is if this field is parked in the middle of the sweet water there's no problems right but we're parked next to an airport so now you got a bunch of people questioning whether the faa is going to get upset federal crimes right that's one thing the only other thing that really bothers me is that you see the week before the Millonarios game where essentially and i don't even know if it's the club to be blamed or the people that run the stadium or the security because it's probably a third-party security You know, they let that stand last week. And I don't know if there were arrests or anything like that. So I can't imagine that the fans should be at fault, I guess, because there's too much of this. There's too much of this. I'll give you my hand and you take my arm with the organization and the supporter groups. Right. You know, I feel like there's a little bit going on there where they use the supporter groups, of course, for marketing. 
right? And mm-hmm. and 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 if you guys can want to stop me, just stop me because I'll just keep talking. But they want to use them for marketing, but at the same time, they've given them a lot of leeway, right? So you kind of mm-hmm. have to be careful with that kind of thing. I mean, I don't know. What what do you think, Solana? I mean, I mean, I don't know really what what you mean when you say leeway. Um, oh well, I, if you don't if you don't mind me, uh, in, yeah, go ahead. In a second, what what I think Chris is alluding to is the fact that I, I've seen some people talking about it, and they posted pictures of the rules and regulations for fans, MLS conduct. And, and all these other things. And everybody's like, oh, but you see, they say no fireworks. They also say no smoke bombs. But my understanding is that the North Stand is allowed to have smoke bombs. I think the team gives it to them. So there's a gray area there where the rest of the stadium is, you know, prohibited from doing some things. But they let the North Stand do some other things that everybody else isn't allowed to. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm okay with it because they build that atmosphere that we want at the games. But... You can't tell them, hey, you're allowed to bring smoke bombs. You're allowed to smoke. They don't say that they're allowed to smoke, but they don't tell them not to smoke. And nobody else in the stadium is allowed to smoke. So there's a lot of things that they let them get away with. But all of a sudden, this one is where we draw the line. Now, again, I understand everybody's going to bring up the airport thing. I, I'm yet to see an airplane land at nighttime at right next to Drive Pink Stadium. <laughs> Maybe that night it was going to happen. So I understand that, that that is a possibility. But... The one thing that I really was disappointed by was not the protest because I thought I liked the protest. If if I, me and Chris come up with an idea and we both execute the idea and they only take Chris, I'm walking out also because it was both of our ideas, even though he's the only guy. So I was 100% good with the protest. I just thought that I didn't understand why would you why would you shoot off fireworks in the parking lot after you just got in trouble for fireworks in the stands? Like I guess that's part of the protest. But, but that was the only part that I was like, you know, I, I was cool with the protest. I don't know why you guys kept going in the parking lot. But, again, I think that was the only reason that the cops were really called. Because uh, I don't the, – the, the, the people, my understanding, I don't know if anybody in the, in the comment section knows, the people weren't kicked out until halftime, I think, or, or they caught them during halftime. Like, it wasn't, like, in the, during the first half. Well, right. it could also be because they're not playing Call of Duty with fireworks like the Mijonadios were. You know what I mean? Like no, my, look, I look. I, at least I saw like one or two people say that they got hit by some of them. If you said that, I, I don't want to say you're lying. I'm just gonna say I don't believe you. So, <laughs> I like, I, like, I, I, understand. Like, I saw them go up. Look, if if you want that South American feel to the games, because that's what they promote. They promote that South American atmosphere. You have to. Yeah, it comes part. It's part of the package, right? And it's the first time they do it. I've spoken to a couple of people. They said that they wouldn't have done it in an MLS sanctioned game, that they did it because it was a friendly. Maybe maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Maybe they were just testing something new out. Maybe they saw it the week before and they felt like trying it out this week. I don't know. But my understanding is that that they like this. They market this. So you have to have to take it all in because that's the atmosphere that you want at the games. That second half, my understanding is that it was dead. Once the supporters group and that stand left, it was dead. And I think everybody likes that atmosphere. You want that. So, so I thought that it was, it was poor taste if they really arrested anybody. I don't know if they did, but planes were taking but, off. Okay, so somebody look, just yeah. said that planes were taking off that night. I don't. Okay, maybe. I mean, I, I'm, I'm again, I, I'm, I'm behind. People the fans. flying in from Uruguay. It might, it might have been. It could have been Diego Alonso. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but uh, no, but I mean, again, I, I, I back the fans. Um, I. 
I, I, I'm with, I'm with you, Danny, in terms of, uh, if they, if they shot off more fireworks after they were kicked off, then I'm obviously against that. I don't, I don't think that that was right. Um, once you're, once you're kicked out, I mean, come on, don't, you know, don't, don't, uh, poke the bear even more. That's the way I look at it. Uh, you got your point and that's it. But look, I've been to countless number of games in South America. Um, I've seen worse than that. I've never been, uh, you know, hit by anything. I'm not bothered by it. If you don't like it, don't sit there. Sit somewhere else. If you don't like what the people in the North Stand do, go sit in the South Stand. It won't hit you. They won't bother you. Um, oh, you know, those fireworks but, but, travel kind of far. I don't know. All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe if it's David, the Mijonarios right. fan. But I mean, yeah. I, I mean that that's that's just my take. I, I I think if if that's the type of atmosphere, like Chris said, you want that we want to you know have in the stadium, um, you just gotta live with it. And if and if you don't like it, I mean, don't go to the stadium. I mean that that's just the way I see it. But like I said, soccer is supposed to be a party, and and I I support La Familia, and I think what they do in the stadium every week is a party. Um, and even you know, though I you know, even though I criticize them every now and then, I think what they do is 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 they have a party every week. You know, uh, some people in the comment section are saying, you know, bad idea with the airport. Other people are saying, I like the, the fireworks. Cool. You know who else liked the fireworks? Chris, did you not find a picture that you wanted to put up here? Yes, I actually Because <laughs> there's other people that like the fireworks also. So I, there's one thing I want to put up. I sent this to Danny because I couldn't believe it. In my research, I was looking into you know, fireworks and all that stuff. And this image right here, guys, and I'm just going to put this image up here. And for the people listening on Apple or Spotify, I'm going to put up an image of an article written by someone with Inter Miami, literally saying, uh, talking about the Millonarios game with a picture of a huge ass firework just sitting there in the air. Perfect shot. Well, because so it like, looks good, it, it's it, it adds to the atmosphere. Even into Miami, likes it. It does, look, but then the next smoke. week, you're, look yeah, at that smoke. I, doesn't that look? Doesn't that atmosphere just look beautiful, guys? It looks amazing. Do you just want to be there? I, and yes, and it is an incredible atmosphere. But how is it that the club can be able to get mad if there's a literal firework in the background of something that they are publishing? That is insanity. Um, look, I again, the only thing that I, I mean, I, I'm just bringing up the facts, you know, like, it's and, just and, bringing and, up and the I'm facts. With it. The, the part that bothered me the most, I thought, again, was that they, they did the protest. I thought that everything was good. Then I thought that maybe the whole fireworks outside in the parking lot, I thought that maybe that was a little um, of poor taste. Because at that point, you're just literally giving the finger to, to everybody that just kicked you out. You already made your statement. But again, I, like you said, I'm, I'm with the fans. I love the atmosphere. And, um, you know, I, Vice City put up a, a post yesterday that they were looking forward to the start of the season. So it looks like things are, are patched up in the, you know, behind the scenes. So hopefully, because I would, I would hate to see this, um, this season start with a, a North Stand that is half empty. And, and I'll tell you something. Everybody's bringing it up. And, and it's something that you and I, Danny, talked about earlier this week. Uh, you know, the club should help out making these making those TIFOs. Look, my wife's I an told, artist. Uh, Figure out how to get that done so we can get that done. Listen, I saw the TIFOs by the Millonarios 
and that there were there was something else, man. Yeah. Like three tifos, just boom, boom, boom. And I thought to myself, those are incredible, man. If we can be able to get that, you know, muster that down and get that down, that'll be beautiful. I mean, uh, we were just talking about seeing if we can get it do done in the South Stand, but then everybody there is like, I mean, we're gonna have to tell like a human being there and be no, like, hey, you and I are gonna, gonna have to carry that thing by ourselves. Yeah. 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 Uh, we sit in the south stands behind the goal, so unfortunately, we don't have people that are as enthused to carry a TIFO from the bottom to the top. So we have to figure out how to how to do that, just you and I, Chris. And if that doesn't work, then maybe we can help the, the north stand somehow get some going because I don't – man, those TIFOs would be awesome. That would just add yes. to the atmosphere that we were just talking about. Yes. Yep. And also your All fireworks, right. Chris. You got to take those. I mean, those that – I mean <laughs> – that 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 might be the trade-off that the club did with with vice city i'm not gonna lie it might be hey let's use chris's fireworks and and hey you never know <laughs> well if they use yeah. my fireworks there's nothing gonna be going on there now. Not, nothing to worry about <laughs> all right so we're we're half an hour in and we haven't really talked about any current into miami so i guess we'll jump on unless anybody has anything else to do to talk about with south american soccer or fireworks because well one those thing one thing I, one thing i wanted to mention is if we were to have Daniel Solana's perfect squad. I think this would be very close to what it would look like. <laughs> and just I mean, so the listeners I, know, I would, it is, I would take that squad also. I mean, yeah, I would take that squad too. But I mean, come on, we'd have to fly Danny over there on the company's dime, taking vacations <laughs> out there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, do we want to lift the cup or not, guys? I'm telling oh you, it'll be worth it. <laughs> Yes, if we and, and if we coach, if we host by Diego Alonso, I like it. Yeah, I mean Diego Alonso won't bring these obscure players that Neville brings. I'll tell you that. Oh, you know what? Before I get into anything, I do want to get into to the whole Phil Neville hate because you you hate this guy. Since why day, do you hate since, Phil Neville since so much? day two? Since day two, by the way. But why? What, what did he do to you on day one? He, I watched his team play. Oh, don't give me that. Come on, man. But you look, know what? Look, 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 look. No, no, no. I wanna, I wanna, go ahead. Actually, go ahead, go ahead, actually go ahead, go ahead, to be honest, to be honest, to be honest, I gave him about a month. And um okay. and, and, and nothing, nothing. But that's improved. what it took for him to get things right. No, but nothing improved in his in his first month. I'm not talking about last season. I'm talking about the season okay. before. Nothing improved in the first month. But that wasn't his so, roster, though. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As a coach, if you agree to come coach a team, that is your roster. You can't tell me that. So so you came in to coach a team and you're going to say, I'm going to coach, but those aren't my guys. Well, then don't come coach. No, team. you're going to do the best you can with your guys that you have. I understand that point. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but, but once he, the offseason came, he's got no clue what he's doing. So the best he can do is no clue, which is exactly what happened. We missed the okay, playoffs so, last year. And then uh -huh. this year we made the playoffs because right. uh, because our, our GM brought Pozuelo over and, you know, Pozuelo was able to light a fire under EYN and EYN had an all-star, you know, second half of the season and we made the playoffs. Individual players made this team okay. to the playoffs, not okay. the coach. Okay. Okay. So let's start with that. Um, obviously they had a huge overhaul last season, right? They brought in like 18 new players and they, with this new squad, basically they took about a month to finally find some cohesion. They started off the first five games of the season. Horrible. But after the first five games, it seemed like everybody started to hit their stride. Campana started to hit his stride. He started getting more minutes. Things changed. You don't think that he gets any credit for finally figuring things out after the first five games and then kind of riding the ship? Because after remember? those first five games, everybody, me included, look, Chris got his first 
season tickets last year because of me. I, I kind of pushed them to do it. And after the first five games, I felt so guilty because we I got him to pay for season tickets for the worst team in the league. But things <laughs> changed. Things got a lot better after that. He gets no credit for that? Absolutely zero credit. No, no, because things didn't change and things didn't get better. I don't know. But he benched EYN when EYN was playing like shit. No, EYN, he didn't bench EYN. EYN had a knee injury. It was all there. He had a knee injury. Hold on. EYN had a knee injury. Campana came in, scored a hat trick. And at that point, you can't bench Campana. Nobody benches Campana at that point. Not for anybody other than Messi or or Ronaldo. You don't bench Campana. So Campana gets his his hat trick. By the way, if you remember that hat trick, Two of the goals were kind of eh, iffy. Against kind of Houston, tap right? Kind of tap-ins. I think it was against mm-hmm. New England. I think or maybe oh, maybe Houston maybe. or New England, but I don't remember. But it was okay. they're kind of tapping. So, look, my, my whole thing is I don't think the team uh, got better progressively throughout the season at any point. I think we saw the same stale lineups, the same stale soccer over and over and over again, and nothing changed until Pozuelo got here. That's so, been my whole point you- since the beginning. So I well, have a question. I, I, I'm with you. Okay, go ahead, Chris. As a team, we were running up the sides a lot before mm-hmm. Pozuelo got wings. here, right? Mm-hmm. Playing up the wings. All of a sudden, we get Pozuelo, right? I mean, the coach is the one that's going to have to make the call to start playing up the middle. No, I mean, he's not just going to automatically think that, oh, you know, let's just uh, let's keep going by the sides and see what happens. Like, he has to make that call, no? He has yeah. to be one of the people that make that. I mean, the same way that Iwain uh, wasn't calling the shots when he was on the field all the time. Come on. Like, let, let, let's be real. You're, you're a player out there. You're going to do whatever you got to do to win. So, I mean, am I, am I saying that the players uh, ignored the coach? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying they, they did what they had to do to win and they used their abilities as individuals to score goals or to get goals or to, you know, to scrap by. Um, did did the the way that we play changed? Absolutely. Um, it was a blessing in disguise that it changed because every time we kept running up and down the sidelines, uh, I mean, we had it was basically a four on two every time, and our our, our back line was absolutely awful. But um, but our I mean, back I, line was awful, and when we didn't have any an offense to compete, because before Pozuelo, our offense was putrid, right? It was Campana, and, and that's it. So we were playing five in the back. We were playing technically three in the back and then with wing backs, but it was five in the back, right? So we were defending for our lives and hoping that we could score a goal to win a game. That, and we that still couldn't defend. Because our, our players are shit. Yeah, I mean, we and, play now, but, 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 and it's, but and they're it's, not. It's still, the back line but, is still bad. But they're not. They're not. The problem, the problem was tactics. The problem was tactics all the way from the beginning. And uh, I know a lot of people are, are dying to hear about tactics. I see you laughing there, Chris, but... Hey, to me, to me, to me, I, I said it from the beginning. Had but I coached, I, had I, I coached I, I, the team, I'm, we would have made the playoffs without talk. a doubt. Look, with, well, tell for me, me the tactics that you would have preferred then. I, I mean, for me, I, I said it from the beginning. I I, I didn't like Gregory, didn't like uh, Mota. I would have preferred just if to, to do or to have the season that we had, I would have preferred to play the kids. For me, I would have played Yedlin on the right. I would have played in the middle, Sailor. And McVeigh at his normal position, not at left back, just like he ruined Lewis Morgan. Lewis Morgan, he had him playing right wing back. Wing he's back. a, he's yeah. a lefty. Yeah. Like, like, what are That's, you doing? We we yeah. trade him, that, and the guy the horrible. guy has the guy has an all star season. Come on, man. Yeah. So you that got McVeigh. You got McVeigh, who's a center back. No, let's put Noah Allen out there. Look, if we're we know we're not going to win the championship last season, 
Let Noah Allen, Allen get out there. Let him get some experience on the first team. Let him play against some of these first team guys. And let's see if we've got a future left back out there. Because you know what? No, we played McVay, Breck Shea, and Kieran Gibbs, who are not going to be on the team for, or, or McVay won't be a left back for the foreseeable future. The other two are not going to be on the team for, for the foreseeable future. So now what about, what about Mabika? What do you think is going to happen with Mabika? I don't know. Well, he's he we need to get rid of him too, but that's that's a different conversation. No, he, he's gonna he's gonna stay, he's gonna be playing in the open cup games. Um look, I think our backline still needs help. I think McVeigh playing out of position was bad, but I mean Noah Allen looked really bad when we when he started off the year with us because he was starting in the in the beginning of the year and he looked bad. We had to bring him down to the second team. So I didn't like McVeigh as, as a left back, but I, I understood it just holding the space. Hopefully, Negril. That just came on Franco Negrit. He could take over that spot and improve. McVeigh at center back. I think we're sturdy there. I think we need to replace Lowe with who? I don't know. I was hoping for Felipe from Atletico Madrid, but my understanding is he's going over the Wolves. So that's not happening anymore. So I'm not sure where we're going to go with that. There's well, a couple I've got of two, Colombians. I've got two names for you. Not Uruguayan. Not Uruguayan. Oh, nice. There we oh, go. Let's okay. bring it. Yeah. Does so anybody there's... have any connections to the Inter Miami workings, like the the scouting department? Because if if they need to hear this, uh, so the two names I've got, one is actually uh, they're both actually Argentinian. One is Federico Fernandez. I actually was looking at I was looking at that player a little earlier. Uh, so he's actually, and I'll tell you this: he's actually free right now. A hug. Um, and he's played uh, with Elche. He's played at Newcastle. He's played at Swansea, Napoli. I believe he was formed. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, at Estudiantes de la Plata in, in Argentina. So, And he's on a free transfer. He's only 33 years old. So, I mean, he's not that 33? old. 33? He's not that Ooh, old. That's on the decline, decline. I don't know. It is. It is. But it's better than whatever we've got now. Uh, and another guy that I got is uh, Emmanuel Aguilera, uh, who's uh, he's had his run in, the, in another Argentinian center back, 33 also. But he's had his run in uh, in the Mexican league. Played at Atlas. Played at America. He played at Tijuana, uh, and he played at Independiente in Argentina. So those are two names that I got. Um, and then well, I've got and I've got one more name that's a sleeper, super yeah. sleeper for you. Super. Oh, you're dropping dimes out here. What is it? Well, who you got? Summer window. Summer window transfer. What do you think about Thiago Silva? Mm. Isn't uh, that guy like I'm, four thousand years <laughs> old? <laughs> And and I don't know if we could afford him. I, I don't think we could afford Thiago Silva. He's a he's a free agent, uh, July twenty twenty three. Sorry, uh, June twenty twenty three. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think I just that's, dropped. A... That's, that's, an, that's an interesting take. I don't know if we would. I mean, unless we start going the LAFC route, where we just randomly start paying everybody, Tam. Somehow, I, I don't see how we could pull that one off. Uh, I'm still hoping for an M. This first name. I'm sorry, first. Letter of the last name and I at the end somehow, but I guess we won't get into that. Um, well, let's bring it full circle because he's talking about center backs. What do you think about the trade with Damian Lowe, right? He got dealt over to Philly. We lost probably our our, our best center back, right? I mean, for, for good or for bad, right? I mean, he is it is what it is. He was our best center back. Or, or what do you think? Do you think that he was the best center back? Uh, for, for what we saw last season. Yeah. I think, I think he was the, the best out of what we saw. Uh, do I think he was the best center back on the roster? No, I think McVay was the best center back on the roster and, and he just didn't get a chance to play. So, 
and 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 I agree with the trade. Look, um, I think I don't I don't really care about the pick because we've already shown that we don't know what to do with picks. Um, but I think the the big kicker in here is the gam. Uh, I think that's the big kicker that we're gonna get there. I mean, gam and tam. Like, I mean, we're we're flirting with uh with sanctions, and I mean, we're we're not LAFC here. We're not invulnerable to any of this stuff. Like, that's that's kind of scary. We're into Miami, baby. We're bigger than that. <laughs> I like it. I'd love I like to it. think so. And and he actually took he actually played in our first preseason game, right? Where we took a big fat L to Vasco da Gama. Uh, what do you think? You think it's a big deal that we took that L to them? You know, down three points or or not that big of a deal? Uh I don't mm. think it's a big deal. It's a preseason game. And what do you think, Danny? No, I think that that was more uh, getting your cardio in, first 45, get comfortable. I, unfortunately, I didn't get to see the game, so I really can't speak too much on it. Uh, from what I've heard, they were playing the ball well. The first two goals were off of just boneheaded mistakes. Uh, Yellen, I think, lost the ball. Uh, dribbling up the sideline led to a, a quick cross and a goal. And then the second one was a bad pass from Abika to Marsman. Marsman had a bad first touch, which is surprising because that's supposed to be Marsman's specialty, right? The reason we consider playing him over Drake is because of his footwork. So it's kind of surprising to hear that he had that blunder. But again, it's the preseason. And then the third goal was an actual good buildup where they, they just built up a, a good goal. So I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, if we're talking about just our starters, our starting 11, we were missing a couple of people. We are missing Joseph, Bryce Duke. We were missing Mota. And they still only put one up on a bad mistake on our part. Supposedly, we didn't play good on our final third. But, again, it's the first game. I don't put too much into it. I know that we played against FIU this morning or this afternoon, and we won 4-1. to one. I would hope that we could beat FIU 4-1. to one. Um, Campana scored. Uh, I think Lacava had two goals, or, or, or was it no, one it was, goal? Uh, I know he, Campana yeah, had a hat trick. And Lacava scored one goal, I believe. Okay, yeah. well, that's well, Lacava, what I read in, in he was player of the year, I believe, last year for the USL. So, uh, or, or the year before that. So, I would hope that he can. You guys are. Uh, so, uh, Solano305, is, is, I don't know if that's your brother or not. He said, you guys act like Kalini didn't go from starting in the Serie A to coming to the MLS. I mean, that is true. But I think Kalini was like 67 years old when he came. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I know Thiago Thiago Silva is old, but he wasn't Kellini old. You you forgot that Kellini was bitten by Suarez, so he's he was got so he's got that garra charrua in him. <laughs> so got, he can play till he's seventy. Uruguayan blood, ah, exactly. He can play till he's seventy. There you go. So <laughs> that that makes sense. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, no, I I I'm I'm with getting older defenders. Honestly, the MLS is they're trying to be an offensive league. When you spend on DPS, you want to spend on on young, expensive DPs that, that are attacking players, forwards or, or wings or whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, a, an older defender is – I just can't imagine Diago Silva coming over here at the age of 33 and taking a huge pay cut. I, I just can't see it happening. Um, yeah. All right, so uh, – oh, yeah, Chris, I didn't ask you. What about your boy Robbie Robinson? Well, I'm not making any more videos for the guy. I promise you that. I'm not doing it. Uh, you know, they're talking about that. He had strains. There was no major injury to him. You know, that's one player that man, it's, it's really insane to see that you had such high expectations for, and he's just not there. He's just not there. And, and, and now you have a lot of people talking about whether to move him, you know, send him over to what is it to Charlotte, you know, I, 
I don't know, man. A player Sorry. with so much potential. Like, jeez. Van Harrison. <laughs> Suarez has the just clap. Said, so uh, I'm, I just had to put that out there since we were just – I didn't want that to get un, unseen. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, Robbie Robinson, I think that I, – I mean, I wish I could tell you opposite, that he's going to work out for us. And But, I mean, as far as from what we've seen, like he, he couldn't go for more than 20, 25 minutes, which was the expected minutes that he was supposed to fill for the game. I mean, I don't know. I, I really hope that he sees a lot of time in the preseason, to be honest. Are you crazy? If he sees a lot of time in the preseason, he won't make it to the regular season. <laughs> they need to put him in a container, just like a, in a bubble, and just an roll Iron him Man. around. In an Iron Man and, suit is what they need bring to him put him in. Game one, because he is no way does he get playing time. Uh, I, don't know. I, if, I compare him to Mike season. Miller. I compare him to Mike Miller. I don't. I don't oh, know. Oh, but guys Mike remember. Miller was fire for the Heat, man. Yeah, and yeah but he was Grizzlies always too. he was always glass though. He was hurt he all the was. time. So, so, but I wish I wish he was I wish he wasn't hurt all the time because when he isn't hurt, he does show some flashes of of being a you know a decent player or at least a player who can play in a rotation. But he, to me, he's he's always hurt. So it's been a bust as for a number one overall pick. All right. I, mean, um, I, I could so, see that. I could definitely see that. No, I, I mean, mean, look, a bust, in, the, a bust in the aspect, not because of skill, but because he just can't be out there. And and that right. cliche, right. right? The most important ability is availability. And Correct. he hasn't shown that. What were you going to say? Well, and Edison, and Edison Ascona was a huge bright spot in the last in game. The second half. In the second yes, half, in the yeah. second half, he was a huge bright spot. He was Based off of what everybody says, because I didn't watch the game, right? Well, I mean, I, I saw highlights. There were a couple of channels that broke down some of the highlights. I mean, you see the same okay. highlight package throughout, you know, you see the same package throughout some channels, but then there was some Brazilian, um, some Brazilian channels that had different highlights. And you really could be able to see, like, this, this kid Edison is a problem. Like, he's going to be a problem. And that guy's like a baby in diapers. So, like, in a year or two. And he's Dominican, which is really cool Dominican. because – because that's not something that you really hear about a, a, a big-time Dominican soccer player, which is really cool. Um, I mean, if he was playing for New York, he, they, that, that fan oh, base would be going crazy because a lot of Dominicans in New York, not so many down here in South Florida. There are, oh, but not as many Especially in, in Broward. Not in Broward. Now, uh, a big part of this first preseason game that, I mean, at least I was interested in, and I haven't heard too much. The little bit that I have heard was kind of, uh, I guess, somewhere in the middle and maybe a little positive. I don't know if you've heard anything, Solana about Pizarro. Pizarro finally got on the pitch. And um, what have you heard? Because I've heard all, I mean, I don't want to say positives. Nobody was glowing about how great he looked, but nobody said that he looked bad. What have you heard? And what do you think about Pizarro in general? Uh, I mean, in general, uh, I, I think we got to find a way to get him out of, of the team as soon as possible. Uh, that's my opinion. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, with you. Okay. Now, now, uh, over how he played on Saturday. Again, I didn't watch the game. I watched highlights just like Chris. I tried to watch as much from the Brazilian channels as I could, um, and I did get a few different looks. Um, you know, he had a couple of nice shots. Looked like he was moving well on the pitch. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm over, you know, I'm over Pizarro. I was over him, you know, after he scored his first goal uh, in season one, and and that's all he did, and, and that's it. I'm, I'm done. Like, let's get rid of him. Let's start a new. Well, and it's a shame because you could see that you could see the skill, right? You could see that he has, I guess, the components to be a good player. I mean, I'm not saying great here, but he he shows some skill, right? I mean, and you uh, being a, a soccer player in the past, I imagine that you see that as well. 
I mean, to get to that level, you have to show something or know somebody. So that's all. Let's just leave it at that. No way. Does Inter Miami pay $12 million for you if you aren't showing some type of, you know, skill? Because well, I mean, they pay $12 million all, for him. But you also have to remember, when, you know, when, when did we get him? So uh, back back in uh, in the inaugural season, we didn't even have a coach. There was two weeks left before the season, and we didn't even have any DPs. So the, the front office and Paul McDonough, he went crazy and he was like, oh, my God, who, who do I bring? Who do I bring? And he was the only one. So he overpaid for Pizarro. Pizarro was never worth $12 million. Maybe six, sure it wasn't maybe Diego, five. Diego Alonso, wasn't, didn't Diego Alonso have a lot to do with that, though? He did. He did because he had coached him prior. Uh, or right. he had he seen won him a prior in the him. Mexican League. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so he had said to bring him. But I, I thought that they had overpaid him. And I had tweeted that way back then that they had way overpaid for him. I don't think he was worth more than four or five, maybe six million. But 12 was way too much. And. I think we've all obviously seen that, right? Yeah, yeah, because nobody wants to buy him now. Yeah. Right, well, Pizarro like he's staying, but after the trade for low, a lot of talk has been about how they traded him so we can get the money to pay down Gregory's contract and we can give Pozuelo a DP spot. So it looks like there's a possibility that Pozuelo's coming back. Nothing official yet. Those are just, you know, just the word going around. How do you think this team would look with Pozuelo in the starting 11? Because I'm assuming they're going to play a diamond formation in the midfield. But I don't know. If, is it going to be Pizarro and Pozuelo? Pizarro as an 8 and Pozuelo as a 10? Or how do you think this is going to look once we get the season started if we have Pizarro and Pozuelo on the roster? I mean, I'm hoping that, that Pizarro isn't on the roster. But if he is, I'm hoping he's riding the pine and, and Pozuelo starting at the 10. And you got Joseph and uh, Campana up top. Uh, I think that's that's going to give you, us the best option to win. Uh, and then if if you've got the players who you've got on the roster right now, you've got to put maybe Gene Mota in the middle with uh, with Gregory and then maybe uh, Bryce Duke, uh, you know, behind uh, you, uh, Pozuelo. But, but what that, about that's you, Chris? How, I how do you think I that mean, this le- I think that the lineup, I think from, from the middle to the top is something that I feel like a lot of fans – at this moment, are very comfortable with. I feel like everybody is pretty comfortable with how the squad looks from the middle up. I feel like, of course, in the defense, it's extremely shaky. And you can't deny, Solana, that there was some sort of connection between Mota and Gregory. I mean, they're not the best players, but, I mean, they were they were doing hey, pretty stop, good. Please stop talking negatively about my boy Gregory. I think he yeah, is. I mean, Awesome for what he does. He let, yes. he was, I think, second or third in the league in, in tackles one, and he played like three or four less games because obviously he, you know, he gets suspended sometimes. But look, I'm all look, you can talk Mota. Where where was whatever. he in, in balls? Where was he in balls lost? I don't know. I'll look it up, but I promise you he wasn't on the bottom of the league. <laughs> don't talk but, about my boy Gregory, man. That's my yeah, man. My, my, my problem, my problem with Gregory is that he goes up and doesn't come back. And so he leaves a giant hole in the middle. And then but you know since what? That's our defense playing him at the eight. I don't know why they yeah. started playing him at the eight. He's not an eight. They got to leave him back there on the six. Yeah, yeah they, they they do. They, I mean, he's got to be that stopper that sits right in front of the defense. That's what I, and then he's just got to crack people left and right and don't let anybody come in. But I don't know why uh, Neville doesn't like to play him there. For me, I've always said it. The best way to come out playing from the back is to have Gregory sitting right in between your two center backs, and that's how you come playing like, from the back. I, I think the reason was is because they had Mota out there as an outlet for those center backs because Gregory just isn't – he isn't as good distributing the ball as Mota is. 
And because of that, yeah. and because our center backs are so, I mean, we don't have the best center backs in the world as far as distributing. We needed somebody that can get that outlet and connect those passes from the center backs to Pozuelo up front. So I understood why he did it, but I hope that he doesn't continue to do it. We, Gregory has to work on that. As much as I like Gregory, he's got to work on that because we can't have him playing the eight. He needs to be the six, and if Mota's going to play, he needs to be the eight with Bryce Duke hopefully next to him because I don't want to see Pizarro. I'm sorry to cut you off, Chris. Go ahead. We no, I mean, that's – no, yeah, no, we all agree. We're all in agreement with that for sure, 1,000%. 1,000%. Yeah, man. All right. So um, we are in agreement with the Gregory thing. We, we're not sure how this is going to look with Pizarro and Pozuelo. But um, we're, we're getting down. Oh, we already talked about Emerson. So in your perfect in your perfect scenario, right, we're, we're coming to a close here almost. What would be your perfect starting 11, tactics and player-wise? Okay. With the team that we have – on the on the roster today, right? No, would, no Uruguayan players. No Uruguayan players. Perfect. <laughs> do we? I don't, I don't think we have any. So we don't. We no. don't. But but there's still time, man. And I'm still pushing for Luciano Rodriguez to get on the roster, man. That guy's a stud. But my my starting eleven today would be uh would be not Marsman in the goal. Anybody but Marsman mm-hmm. in the goal. So I go with Calendar. On the left, I go with uh, with the Argentinian that we just got, uh, Franco. Franco Negri, right? Okay, Negri. Okay. I'm with Negri. you so far. McVeigh and Sailor. And on the right, um, you got to go with Yedlin. Who else are you going to go with? Yeah. Okay. So with the current roster, I'm with you so far because if we don't have, bring anybody else in, it has to be Sailor over Mabika. All right. So we're solid so far in the back line. Absolutely. Uh, across the middle, I would go with uh, a diamond. So I would play with uh, Gregory as kind of like my five or my six, kind of like that stopper. Okay. And my two, uh-huh. my two kind of the uh, uh, center mids would be Bryce Duke and um, and Mota. And okay. and then I'm, you know, putting my fingers together for Pozuelo to to be that ten. But if if not, then you know it kind of creates a big issue because we have kind of a hole there in the middle. You know, we don't we don't really have a lot of uh options but maybe maybe you give edison ascona the chance to play the 10 if if we don't find the 10 why not sounds kind okay. of interesting um i mean look, we little... didn't know about bryce duke very well last year and now we all want him to play more so yeah yeah there's that's right. a possibility and then up top you've got you got to start you got to start joseph and uh and campana you got to see what they've got left although disclaimer joseph needs have been playing on that turf for a long time and he's not the same player so you know let's not get all overexcited about this signing, you know, yes, he's a former all-star, but let's not get crazy. Um, let's keep this What do you think is a successful season? Like, what, is, what would be a disappointment? Because I, I spoke about it last week on last week's episode, and I said if he gets less than 15 goals this season, I think it's a disappointment. What would you put that number at? I would probably put it around 10. I would say 10. Wow, that's low. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just, so I just don't think – no, I think he's going to be the secondary uh, striker to to Campana this year. Um, mm-hmm. That that's that that's my opinion. Um, I just don't think he has uh, the speed that he had before, um, and he won't be mm-hmm. able to get those through balls that that he once used to get. Um, and trust me, playing on the turf is for, for a lot of years is rough on your knees. So, well, and I imagine if we do end up locking Pozuelo up, I mean, I I think that that's going to pan out perfectly for Joseph. No, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the dream scenario, right? 
Yes. Well, and I and I felt like he didn't mesh well with Campana as much as he did with Iguain. And since Joseph is a little bit more slower paced, I feel like it can work well for him, especially having a, a gifted passer like Pozuelo. Could be, could be, yes, yep. All right. Um, so we basically come to the end. I wanted to throw out one name out there since you got to throw out so many Uruguayan names. I wanted to throw one Colombian name out there since I watched the Colombian league. I'm wearing my Pereira Campeon hat since we won the last season for the first time ever. Um, Andres Llanas. He plays center back for Los Millonarios that were here just two weeks ago. He's 6'3", 25. He's a, he's a ball stopper, really. I mean, as far as center back, he wins tackles. And they've been rumoring. He's been rumored to go over to Argentina a bunch of times. Clubs constantly contact him, but he hasn't gone since he hasn't made the jump. I wish that we would look into bringing him over. Los Millonarios are loaded. They have a, a bunch of players that are rumored to go to Argentina, but they haven't yet for whatever reason. Um, Daniel Ruiz supposedly might be going to, to Barca at some point. So th- th- there's plenty of um, there's plenty of talent in South America that needs to be found. Uh, and not just Argentina and Brazil, because that's where everybody likes to focus in on in Colombia, Uruguay. Ecuador. Ecuador. So uh, there's plenty of places to look for. So hopefully we can get some some of that going. Um, I think we're up on it. We're one hour in. Well, Chris. I have one more thing that I want to bring up before we buy Solana plane tickets to go to Uruguay. Okay. And we did this with our last two viewers. And I want to do I want, with our last two guests. I want to do the same thing with you. You got to pick some options here. Okay, we got some meat, we got some <laughs> bread, we got some coffee, and oh, you, boy. out of all people, have to pick options. So, what are we doing I, here? I think Kali right. might have left. Row number one, I go with number two, and if you uh, if you get anything more to the right, you don't know how to eat meat. And, and what, what about the bread? Pause. That's a big one. The bread is definitely number three. Ah, okay. So you're you're pretty you're pretty standard, and then and then the coffee. I don't drink coffee. I only drink mate. Ah, oh, look at this guy, man. You just... Ugh. Jesus Christ, man. Sorry, bud. Uh, only drink mate. All right. So, I guess I, we got... If you have any questions for uh, for Solana, please let us know. Um, well, what's the... Here's one question. So, yeah, Steve is asking, what would be a successful season? Is it higher than six seed? Is it... what? What is it? Look, I think making the playoffs, um, you know, with, with the roster that we have right now, it's a successful season. Um, now, what's what, a successful what? season for Phil Neville to keep his job? Uh, for Phil Neville to keep his job, you, we just need to see the team get better and have some sort of identity and play, uh, you know, consistent soccer, you know, you know, back-to-back-to-back games and not just have one good game and then sit back for three or four, you know, and, and play Neville soccer. So that, that that's really, what, be a lot more really what I'm looking this year. for. I mean, so, I don't really care about the aggressiveness. I just, I just want to see them get progressively better. That's it. That's all I care about. So, if he gets fifth seed or higher, do you think he's he did a good job as a coach, fifth seed or higher? Uh, not, not if the team didn't play well. No, if if we just get fifth seed because we score goals, because you know we get penalties or you know the ball just falls our way. Sometimes that's just how soccer is. The ball just falls your way. It is. If we and and that's kind of what happened this year. The ball fell our way. We kind of fell into the playoffs. And what happened? We got owned by a much better uh, uh, NYFC FC team. So, which, by the way, has a Uruguayan playing there, Sebas, uh, Sebastian Rodriguez. Played for Nacional. Very good player. Owned by the City Group. So, uh, 
So yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, look, uh, and and I'll tell you this much. Look, as much stuff as everybody gives you, I we definitely thank you for sure for being on the show. For I sure. know that we I really, could probably we really speak do for, appreciate it. I know I could speak for Danny and say that we had an incredible time. I'm pretty sure all the viewers also had an incredible time. And thank you for everyone for getting involved in the chat. Uh, you're welcome into the battered Heron's household. Okay. Uh but let's just lighten up a little bit on the on the on the on the Phil Neville. Hey, you got to give him a little bit of a shot. I well, mean, the thing is, the thing is, you said that he didn't show any improvement. But I don't know how you could see the first five games and see how we ended the season and not say that it's no improvement. Like if you were to say it was some improvement, but it was it was basically on the shoulders of Pozuelo Higuain. But man, you you should straight out say he gets no credit and. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I mean, this I mean, guy was just sipping the coffee that Daniel Solano doesn't like to drink on the side. Yeah, man, you got you gotta you gotta drink the mate. You gotta stop drinking that Neville coffee, man. It's no good. All right. Well, uh, do you have anything else, Chris? Wu Tang Wednesday. That's it. We're gonna start trying to to, to record on Wednesday nights instead of Thursday nights from now on. Yes. So Wu Wednesday is coming up. Uh, anything for the people, Solana? Uh, only if, uh, if you guys make it out to a game this season, let me know. I'll see if I can make it out to one game this season. I'll, uh, Oh, look at this guy. It's going to show his face. It. I'll come out and, uh, I'll see if I can bring my barbecue. We'll do a little asadito, a little entraña, vacío, chorizo. We'll do it right. Uh, I'll, what is I'll a do vacío is flank steak. Ah, okay. I'll fuck so, with that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do it nice for the battered herons, man. We'll, 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 we'll try to put it, to, put something together out there. I'd love to hear it, man. And, and and again, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Because again, I know that you're you're uh, the, the Skip Bayless of Inter Miami Twitter. But again, I, I appreciate you coming on and and taking the the back and forth and, and being a good sport about it. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Chris, and I appreciate everybody in the chat for tuning in and being so uh, interactive. And we'll end it with this: Solana Chimichurri, for sure. Yeah, you guys are all invited to the barbecue. Solana's buying enough meat for everybody. <laughs> All right. So with that said, we'll meet you. We'll be back next Wednesday at nine o'clock for episode number 31. Thanks, guys, for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next week.